Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Okay, take your Bible now, please, and go to Colossians chapter 3, if you will. Colossians 3. You know, when Pastor Phelps called me up um, and asked me, could I come up here and be with you guys? I've always made myself available unto the Lord. And you know what? When you're flexible in the hands of the Holy Spirit, He will guide, He will direct you in your, in your walk with the Lord and in opportunities like this. But I'm glad to be here. I really am. And I pray tonight that you all will come out to the last meeting under the tent and you'll invite friends that you know. We're going to bring a very strong salvation message tonight. And uh, I tell you, this world needs our Savior. And we need to make that known. And that's my heart desire. It really is. But uh, it's a blessing to be with those of you that I've known for the years. And the Phelps family has a special place in my heart. He just lost his dear father. And uh, before Brother Phelps passed away, I caught him up, had a wonderful talk with him. And I'm so grateful that uh, I was able to do that. And you know, uh, he, poured, uh, he poured his life into me as a young man. He took me and had me for meetings after meeting after meeting in New York State and then in West Virginia. And we became the very best of friends. And so it's, it's thrilling to see how God uh, has led in the life of his son. Let him here to be with you all. And I'm trusting that what I give you today will be an encouragement to you as a child of God. And if you're unsaved, you'd come to Christ and you'd know what under Christ can give you, okay? Now, in a moment, we're going to stand and I'm going to read a few verses to you. And I'm going to read this to you so you newcomers can get used to my voice, okay? That you can learn how I speak, okay? So you will understand me more when I do, do begin to preach, all right? So let's all stand right now, please. I'm bringing a message on pursuing the things of God. Now I want to read a few verses to you from Colossians 3. Look at verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Go to verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let's pray. Our dear Father, we need your divine help. This is your work, Father, that we're involved in. We're just servants. I'm your servant, Lord. And I would pray that the Holy Spirit would direct there might be an unusual tension given to the Word. If anyone does not know you, Lord, not saved, pray you might make their heart tender. May the people of God be blessed, encouraged, and edified. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. May be seated. Many years ago, when I was in high school, I had a desire in my heart to be the fastest runner of the entire high school. I went to a huge uh, public high school. 
And so I would put boots on up to my knees and I'd run in the gravel mile after mile after mile. I'd run in the gravel along the railroad tracks right near my home, mile after mile. I'd run hills with those big boots on. I'd lie in bed at night. This thing absolutely consumed me of becoming the fastest runner of the entire high school. I did become the fastest runner of the entire high school. I do not say that to impress you. As much as I want to impress a great truth upon you, I would that something would consume you, sir. Hey, lady, something would consume you. And that would be in the area of pursuing the things of God. And if you do, it first of all will manifest itself by a rejection of this world and what it has to offer. Verse 1, the Word of God says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Now listen. The direction you look will determine the way that you live. For example, if you look horizontally, you look at people, you look at circumstances, you look at events, you will live a life of disappointments and despair. However, when you look vertically, get your eyes upon the Lord, then you can live a life of victory. You hear me? The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Everything we see is temporal. This pulpit is temporal. Those things I can grasp are temporal. Those things I cannot see. Those things I cannot hold. Those things are eternal. Here's the problem. So many have a tight grasp on the temporal and a very light hold on the eternal. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.19-21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and with thieves breathe through and steal. But if yourselves treasures in heaven, when neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and with these do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If I know what you treasure, I could tell where your heart is. Many years ago, a man of God asked me this question. He said, Jerry, what is your favorite state to preach in? Well, I'm from West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Uh, I now live in South Carolina. I love South Carolina. Hold your hat on. I love Indiana. You know why? I'm incorporated in Indiana. My board members, part of my board members, are from this church and from Bird's Terrace. I love Indiana. I have preached all around America. And I responded and said to him, Brother, my favorite state is Philippians 4 and verse 11. 
For I have learned, and whatsoever state I am, there with me content. You know why that's so? Because contentment is not based on what you possess. Contentment is based on who possesses you. If the world possesses you, then you're discontent. If God possesses you, then you know what contentment is all about. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And one day as a young man, I saw the absolute futility of living for self. And I began to seek the things of my Savior. And no child of God, that should be the pursuit of your life. Philippians 1.21, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Colossians 3.11, but Christ is all and in all. Colossians 1.18, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And I'm telling you, on the authority of the Word of God, when a person pursues the things of God, it's going to manifest itself by a rejection of this world. But second of all, it'll manifest itself by a renewing of the mind. Look at verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Look at me, please. The word affection here means mind, thinking, or thought process. Therefore, the Word of God says, set your mind, set your affection on the things of God. You know, the great battlefield of our lives is the mind. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. often said this, if I know what a man thinks about all the time, I could tell you what kind of character he has. And that's true. Back in West Virginia, my father used to hire a man to come and plow our field with an old, an old mule and a single plow. Two things always amazed me as, as, a, as a teenager. Number one, how straight that old mule would go across the field. And number two, how deep the furrow was as he pulled that single plow. Did you know that scientists state if you think on a thought long enough, it will literally engrave a mark right across your brain? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So therefore, who controls your mind will control your actions. If the world controls your mind, it will control your action. However, if God controls your mind, then God will control your action. Isaiah 26.3 says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. 2 Corinthians 10.5 And bringing in the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'll tell you right to your face. You will struggle as a child of God, teenager. 
college student, or adults. If you have a mind set on the things of this world. So there's got to be a renewing of the mind. But third of all, look at verse, the, the verse 9. Lying not one to another, seeing that you put off your old man with his deeds. Well, third of all, there will be a, the third thing that will happen when you're pursuing the things of God. There will be a renunciation of the flesh. You hear me? Now, we know as a child of God what the Bible teaches. Whenever we get saved, we find we now have a new nature. The spiritual nature that comes from life. And when God saved you as a couple, Christ came within your life. There's a new nature you now have. However, there'll be a war. Hey, that goes with all of us. There will be a war in our lives. What is that war? Listen, please. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. In other words, the flesh is in war against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. A great battle. The Apostle Paul put it like this in Romans 7 and verse 15. For that which I do, I love not. For what I would, that do I not. In other words, he was saying, you know, the things I should do, I don't do. And those things I shouldn't do, that's the very thing I do. He brought it to a head and said in Romans 7, 24, a wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know what, congregation? Have you ever called yourself a wretched man? I have. Or cave in to the flesh? Like Paul, a wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God he didn't stop there. In Romans 7.25, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the victory is through Jesus Christ our Lord of renouncing this flesh. You can't do it by your willpower. You've got to do it by the power and the authority of God's Word. This book is to feed the new man, the spiritual man. The Bible tells you in Romans 6.12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Romans 6.14, For sin shall not have dominion over you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. First Thessalonians 5, 22, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Second Timothy 2, 22 states, Flee also youthful lust. First Timothy 5, 22 says, Keep thyself pure. And I'm telling you what, you and I need to realize how significant it is that God has given us the Word of God to combat this fleshly battle. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, 
Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, I call thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And child of God, he's given us his word. He's given us his word to overcome this. However, if you're here today and you're unsaved, you cannot overcome the flesh. You hear me? You cannot overcome these cravings and these desires and these appetites. Before God saved me, every year I made these resolutions. This year, I resolve I will no longer cuss. You see, I had a very filthy, cursing mouth. Number two, I resolve I will not get angry. Uncontrollable anger. Planned a boy's death when I was 12 years of age. Anger. Hatred. Wanting to be vindictive. That was this fellow right here. So every year, I made other resolutions. And guess what? Never kept one of them. And neither can you. You cannot combat the flesh. You need to realize. Your answer is coming to Jesus Christ. And the greatest pursuit in your life is recognizing the teaching of 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose the third day according to the Scriptures. Sir, dear lady, a teenager, what you need to realize, Christ is the one who died for the sins of the whole world. He died for your sins. He was the one who was buried, however, he arose from the grave. He's a living Savior. And the only way that God can save you and break your life from the chains of sin is by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you've got to come to him. Jesus says, in John 14, 6, the verse that you've had displayed here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You've got to realize It's not easy. The devil will fight you every step. Before I got saved, I tell you, I know the battle. I know the battle, but I thank God one day at the age of 17. I said, yes. And I I want to tell you as a testimony. I didn't care if the the hour was a mile long. If a million people on both sides were watching me, there was this desire in my heart. Finally, to say yes to Christ. Thank God he saved me. And he'll save you. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all you the labor, and the heavy laden, and I'll give you a rest. This man of God has not said one thing about any of you people. 
I don't know anything about your lives, but God does. And there's someone here today, perhaps you're the individual that God has brought here to make you realize His great love can be showered upon you if you would come to His Son and let Christ save This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org or check us out on Facebook. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.